for anyone doing this or like say if you're uh you're a filmmaker in a town uh with lots of great filmmakers right how do you go up against the top dog right and and you're competing for that business um you know i i would say first of all that um knowing who you are is is extremely important in this process welcome to the wedding video boss podcast where we talk about the business of being a wedding creative and a peek into my world as a wedding videographer in Southern California. I'm your host, Paul Santiago, and today is Masterclass Monday, which means we're bringing in another heavyweight in the industry. And today's mentor is Travis Terrell. He is the co-founder of a little company called Soundstripe. And Soundstripe is a company that changed the way the music game is played in the wedding industry. And I cannot wait for you to hear what he says because he's talking about how to get motivated, where to get your inspiration, and what it takes to go up against the big guns. He came all the way from Nashville and he's ready. So let's start the show. Travis Terrell has been in all aspects of the recording and live music industry for 15 years. His resume highlights his experience as a live performer, studio musician, producer, film composer, tour bus driver, and now co-founder and co-CEO of Soundstripe. Having composed, produced, and performed a number of TV jingles for well-known international brands such as BMW to McDonald's, Terrell has extensive knowledge of the art and marriage between music and film. Soundstripe is now one of the fastest growing music licensing companies in America and serves customers all over the world, including, are you ready for this, Microsoft and Tesla. Travis also writes a blog, which I love, about the music business and entrepreneurship on his website and Facebook page. Friends, please help me in welcoming my friend, Travis Terrell. Hey, Travis. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks so much, Paul. I uh, hope you're well. This is so exciting. I'm, 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 this is going to be a blast. I'm really excited because, you know, I've, I kind of was there when you guys were starting out and seeing the business grow is just so amazing to me and you guys deserve all the success and I'm really, really happy for you. Oh, thanks so much. It, you know, it's been it's been quite the journey. I, uh, you know, when we started three years ago now, um, or lo it finally launched Soundstripe in February, 2016, we had no idea, honestly, that it would, uh, take off the way it did. And, uh, so, you know, we've just been holding on for dear life and, uh, and having a blast along the way. So it's, it's been really fun. That's great. I, I feel like the toughest part when you get into something is always the beginning. And it's always just like, hope for the best and we're going to give it as much as we can. And as soon as, as something happens, you're going to know exactly. I mean, you're never going to tell what the future holds, but at least you have an idea of what path you're going to go to. And Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the, the, the way I, I tell people uh, a lot of times is when you're starting something, um, you have, you have a, a theory about the world, like, uh, and your theory could be, um, for us, it was, 
would uh, a subscription music licensing service work? Um, and, and or it could be uh, about anything, uh, some theory that you're wanting to start something on. And you could totally be wrong. And that's okay. And it's okay that you're wrong. I've been wrong many, many times before um, Soundstripe ended up working. So to, to, um, to that, I mean, you, you, I think that that entrepreneur bug in you has to test that theory to see if it's correct or not. And so, you know, when you go into something, it is like a 50, 50 chance it could work. And, uh, and, and so then you just do everything you can to prove that theory correct one way or the other. And then once, and then if it works great. And if it doesn't, well, then you, uh, go back to the drawing board and you try again. Exactly. Well said. Well, be, before we get deeper into that, let's tell, let's give like the, the five people who don't know you, <laughs> let's give them a feel of who you are by telling us something about yourself that they probably wouldn't know. Let's see. Well, I am, um, I, I guess you could say, uh, a Renaissance man of sorts. I, am um i if you don't if i don't know if you uh if your audience is familiar with the enneagram but i am a it's a it's a it's a kind of a personality test and i'm a five on the enneagram which means as i'm a an investigator uh and an observer uh in 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 like my true self so i am um constantly researching things i'm constantly um reading about things uh i have a huge library at my house and then I, I, I am a very non-professional amateur wannabe cook. I love food, uh, and uh, it kind of makes me happy. Uh, and I'm also a student pilot, uh, so that's something that a lot of people don't know. Um, there's probably other things, but th those are the main ones. Wow. I didn't know that you're a student pilot, but I know that you love food because you live in Nashville. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, it's a lot. There's so much good food here, and uh, I mean, so much good food everywhere. But it it uh, f food reminds me of just music and 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 art in general, and and there's so much like art and science to it. And uh, so I just uh, you know, if I'm not working, uh, which is pretty much all the time, but when I don't, when I find some free time, I'm usually on YouTube uh, researching uh, uh, recipes and. And all that kind of stuff, uh, and uh, and and also a, a quick side note of an, another thing that a lot of people don't know about me is um, is that before I was um, uh, co CEO of Soundstripe, I was a full time tour bus driver, and uh, I was driving lots of artists around. So uh, I did that to pay the bills while I was uh, trying to start the company. So <laughs> there you go. Wow, that's cool. It. <laughs> It's crazy. I just I just realized that you being on a tour bus, tour bus driver, is kind of like what you're doing right now. You're, <laughs> you're just right. You're just driving all these artists around, and you know, taking them for the ride. I guess so, man. That's uh, that's uh, that's a really good good analogy there. <laughs> that, that's crazy. I I love that, and, and you know it. It's always about the journey. And you'll never know what's going to happen next. As just so, what's important is you always try, right? Yeah, 
Yep, exactly. And, and it has been the journey. Uh, there, there is, um, there's a saying that we have uh, in the office that is what got you here won't get you there. And what that just me what that means is that what got you to this certain point uh, in life, uh, either a knowledge or a person or a connection or, um, you know, the skills that you have is not going to be the skills that will get you to the next level. Uh, there's going to be some always this journey of learning uh, new things and, uh, and experiencing new things. And, and um, it, you know, I can, I can say that's 100% true in my life. Uh, before I started Soundstrap, I was a musician. Uh, and, you know, and then I've had to learn about entrepreneurship and business and, and all these things. And then, you know, when we started with three people in the back of my house, um, I, I had to do everything, right? And so you were posting things on social media. I was calling customers to beg them to use our service. So, you know, everything that you could possibly think of. But then that, that skill set of starting the business is not necessarily the skill set that's needed to scale the business. And, um, you know, and that's, it's just one of those things that we're talking, you know, you're talking about the journey and, and that's, that's kind of been my journey so far is just constantly, uh, reminding myself that, oh my gosh, like as soon as you think, you know what you're doing, you realize you don't know what you're doing. And, uh, and that's been the journey so far of entrepreneurship. Uh, and, and also, you know, and it's the same as being a freelancer, right? So um, it's, it's so, it's pretty true about the journey thing. Yeah. What, what's important is you, you know, that you're never going to know everything, which makes you want to learn, want to learn more and explore more about yourself and about your business. Yep, exactly. So since we're already at the journey part, maybe um, talk to us more about like how you started. You already told us a lot of your background. So let's let's go to how you started Soundstripe and how you got into the industry. Awesome. Well, thanks for asking. I I grew up in a, a small town in Texas. Um, my mom uh, was a uh, school teacher, and I was very uh, close to my grandfather, which uh, he was a, a rancher and sold used cars, and uh, he he had a uh, a violin sitting at, you know, at his house. And he really got me, uh, inspired to pick up the violin and we called it fiddle back then. So like we were playing all this bluegrass old folk music and he really inspired me to, uh, to play music. Uh, and that was when I was about seven years old and that just really became my whole life, uh, uh up until I was, you know, 18 years old. And, uh, you know, went to college for a, a year and a half uh, to, uh, to uh, you know, majored in music and that sort of thing. And, and I was also very fortunate to um, tour, tour around and really uh, play with a lot of my heroes growing up. And that, um, that led me to Nashville. I decided to drop out of uh, college. And uh, my, my mom was not happy about that. Uh, and, um, and, but, you know, we, 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 we mended pretty quickly. And um, uh, 
so I moved to Nashville with, with $200 in my pocket and, and, you know, wanted to make something of myself. And, um, I, the, at the time I wanted to be a full-time, uh, touring musician, uh, and, or a recording like session musician. And so I, uh, beat down every wall I could. I, um, uh, not a lot of success in the beginning. I pretty much, um, uh, starved in the beginning, but, you know, finally got picked up with a, a band that was on a Disney label, um, opening for, you know, artists like the Jonas brothers and Hannah Montana at the time and things like that. And so, you know, it was awesome because, you know, we got to tour, uh, you know, America and tour, uh, tour Europe, um, at, you know, a bunch of times. So that was an amazing experience. Um, and then from there, I just kept growing, uh, as a musician, but, um, yeah. So in 2010, I, uh, my business partner, Micah and I started a recording studio together. And so he's a guy that I met in 2008, I believe, uh, we became really great friends uh, and we decided to start this studio and we, and the goal was to be, uh, pr uh, producers. Uh, so, you know, unlike a lot of your audience here, we were freelancers, um, uh, you know, in a creative space and we were constantly looking for the next artist to produce. Um, and, uh, it, we just really, uh, got tired of the freelancer grind. I think we all kind of had, um, uh, this spirit of entrepreneurship in us, um, that we wanted to create something, um, more than constantly look for the next, um, uh, artist to produce. Uh, and it's a very, very challenging, uh, 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 field to go into. Right. And so from 2010 to 2014, this was like a four year, um, a four year journey of, of really realizing what some problems were in this whole industry. And the first one that we really, we really thought of was, man, it is really hard for a musician and artist to get consistent pay, uh, just for them to make a paycheck. And we're not talking about becoming uh, Katy Perry or something like that. We're talking about literally just paying your, your mortgage. Um, uh, and so there was this like middle class of musician that we really cared about because we had our friends that were the same and we were the same. And, uh, we were just really kind of inspired to figure out how to make a consistent income. And then the second thing that we figured out over time was that Stock music and all the, the music licensing and royalty-free music um, was really set up poorly. I mean, it was uh, back in the day, if you remember, stock music was just terrible. You know, yeah. it was like <laughs> this like elevator-sounding, cheesy-sounding music, um, and uh, and that you know that was, you know, nineties, early two thousands and, and on. And, 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 uh, we just thought, man, it, it's either really cheap and bad music or either it's really expensive and very complicated. So if you wanted to down, you know, if you wanted to license, a say a Bob Dylan track, I mean, you'd have to go through labels and publishers and you'd have to contact the songwriters and, it is, and, it, and then it would cost you, you know, half a million dollars, right? So, 
we yep. there was there was these two opposing things like either it's cheap and bad or it's expensive and complicated and we 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 kind of had this aha moment to like what if we uh tried to make really great music um and do it at an affordable cost and make it very simple uh to understand um and and really the, the third thing that happened that we didn't even realize uh and this is kind of the luck of luck of all this uh is that when we started we we weren't anticipating that this mass media creative uh just exploded you know everybody is now a content creator of sorts you know everybody is a youtuber or you know if you have a small business uh you need video and um, uh, for your marketing. So every Facebook post is video now. Every uh, Instagram is video. So all this kind of converged uh, at the same time. And, and so that's kind of how we decided uh, to go in this direction. Uh, and we had our friends that had music just sitting on a hard drive, really going nowhere. Um, and that was kind of the the beginnings of of soundstripe and and so it took about from 2014 to 2016 it, that's where it, it took uh two years to basically refine the business model and to you know we had several different iterations of the website that ended up failing we had different price points that failed uh so this was the grind this was the hard part uh, to get get it all uh uh get something that actually made sense to customers. And so we finally ended up uh, changing our name to Soundstripe and, and uh, landing on the, the business model that we have today uh, and launched in, in 2016. So that's the story in a nutshell. Wow. It just made me realize that you know, it, ever since in the past, the old, when, it, when it comes to being in a business and growing your business, the most successful people come up with a concept and then they're just at the right place at the right time. But more than anything, it's the passion of the business that keeps the business growing and, you know, succeeding in that industry. Because 2008 was, you know, everybody knows that was the year when the economy, you know, crashed. So yep. that's how I saw what other people saw is that there's, whatever was left had potential to grow because everything else just closed and you know just all the other businesses died and just so as long as you have a really good concept and you have passion for what you do that's i, I feel like that's that's the main thing that's really important when it comes to having a business yeah absolutely and and the fact that we were um uh we were willing to change uh, with the times. And, uh, uh, you know, I think that really had a great effect on us um, that, that we kind of, we kind of really used to our advantage um, to, to say that, okay, you know, music licensing has not been done this way before, but could it possibly be done this way in the future? And, and, uh, and that's why it took two years of us failing because we tried old business models um, uh, that worked for, for other people, other companies that just didn't work for us. And, um, 
And, you know, there's got to be reasons why, but it, I think the, um, the, the, the main reason is, is that, you know, you just, it just didn't work for us and, and we needed to be true to ourselves and authentic to ourselves. And we just needed to kind of roll with that passion, like you're saying, and, um, and keep going and, and use the passion to keep iterating on what you're doing and keep improving and keep, and keep changing. And, uh, and then that, you know, so people, some, some people have their business idea, their aha moment or something like that. And then, and then they never change it. They think, well, I'm stuck in the mud here. This is the way it's got to be. And uh, that was just not true for us. We, it, it took, you know, two years and we're still constantly uh, evolving and saying, are we, um, are we doing the right thing? Are we still serving customers in the best way? Uh, could we do this better? Can we change this? Can we change that? Um, it's, and sometimes those experiments fail. Um, but that's something that we're totally prepared for um, because, you know, it is uh, it's just kind of par for the course. And you have to do that to keep evolving and growing. You know, I just realized when uh, when we, we both started our businesses in about 2008 to 2010, right? And that was the phase where songs that you could buy online were a dollar, and mm -hmm. people don't see the difference because, you know, the copyright laws were, were different back then. And there was like a really thinner line back then. And people don't really see the value of buying a song for, what, $50 as opposed to like a mainstream song I could buy for a dollar and then I could use. But then, oh, no, you're not supposed to use it because you need to buy an actual license for it. Mm. And I, I, I remember that was the time when people started to realize that, oh, crap, we're going to get in trouble if we use songs like these. And then they imposed all these laws. And now we're at a time where it's easier for people to access really good music as opposed to before. And I, I, the, the reason why I brought this up is because I love Seth Godin and... There are two books that changed my life. When I read The Dip, which is... Oh, yeah. Right? And it's exactly what you guys went through. Is There's a dip. Like People don't realize, people don't see the value of songs that aren't mainstream, but you just persisted and you found, you, you, you tried to look for that, that formula for, so people would, uh, people would see the value in what you're doing. And you just went through it and you know, that's the dip and you, you're out of the dip. And it's amazing because I could really see the thing that Seth Godin was talking about, which is that exact point, that curve that mm -hmm. you're, you're going to need to climb out of. Just mm -hmm. stick to it. And it, it, you, you've read that book, right? Oh, yeah. It's, it's one of my favorites. Uh, and, it, and it absolutely changed our trajectory too. And, and we realized – and you know what's, what's funny now is, is – funny that that you say that we're out of the dip now and and that's it's so interesting perspective is such a funny thing right is because i uh, am constantly saying that i'm i'm in a dip <laughs> now <laughs> and uh and uh you know i we're constantly trying to grow and get better at, at what we do 
Uh, and, and, you know, it, that perspective, it's, it's a funny thing because if you look at, uh, yeah, in 2014, uh, yeah, we're, we're in a major dip. I mean, it, it's, and you know, 2010 too, like if you look at, uh, what you're talking about, about the, uh, uh, everyone was like Napster was a thing, right? Like in 2006 and seven and eight. Uh, and, and, uh, people were just honestly downloading music for free. And now, uh, you know, a, a lot of, a lot of that has come about, uh, face, uh, and, and changed over the years, uh, to, you know, a more legal model that's fair for, for the artist, uh, and, and affordable for the customer, right? So it's, it's, I think it's improved greatly from what it used to be. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, that, that book is incredible and, and super, super helped us get through uh, that period of time, which I, I, uh, I look at it like you are rolling a huge boulder up a mountain right and you are just tr and that's the journey of a startup and you're trying to get this rock this boulder to turn one time by itself uh and and but you, you're having to heave up the mountain you're having to heave this rock over and you're going to turn it one time and uh and then you're going to turn it another time and, and it, this is really hard to turn and then you and then something happens like uh your family goes through some trouble or uh, you might go uh, enter through a period of depression or your health might suffer or anything could happen. And then that rock goes backwards again. So it, that's this dip, right? You're constantly thinking, oh my gosh, should, I should just quit. Like, like this rock just rolled backwards on me. But then you get back up and then you try to turn the rock one more time. Uh, and then all of a sudden you're turning it and it's a little bit easier and it's a little bit easier. And then, and then at some point the, the rock is rolling by itself. And, uh, and then, it, and then it rolls so fast that you're running down the hill to try to keep up with the rock. Yeah. And, uh, and so that's just that, I think that's, that paints a good illustration of what, um, being an entrepreneur and being a startup founder is like sometimes. You know, there's there's always going to be a dip. Don't get me wrong. Like when I said that you got out of the dip, I just know that there's always going to be a dip. It may not be like a deeper dip than when you started out, but there's always yeah. something. And what I think what's important is always looking back and see that, oh, you know what? I did it before. It's probably yep. gonna, as long as I stick to my guns and make sure right. that I do something different. I'm pretty sure it's going to it's going to be OK. That's right. That's right. It's good. And also, the other favorite book I have, which is, I think, a great segue to my next question. I love The Purple Cow. And mm -hmm. I've always enjoyed that because Seth Godin was talking about The Purple Cow and it has to be a different... Your, your business can't be just a regular business. If you're going to start a business, it has to change everything. It has to be a pioneer of something. And that's what the purple cow is because it's the purple cow is something that you can't unsee. Like when you see mm -hmm. a purple cow in a field, you know that there's a purple cow. And that's right. exactly what your business was when you were starting out. You don't know if it's going to be a good cow, but you have the cow. And I've, that's why I wanted to ask you, what does it take? 
to start with a business model like this, with a very unique business? And what does it take to go up against competition that's already established and had a system to, you know, to the kind of like your system, but in a different way? But before we get into that, I just want to thank you for being a loyal listener. You don't know how much it means to me that you're listening right now and I can share with you something that I'm passionate about. If you enjoy the content that I'm bringing every week, I just want to remind you that the Wedding Video Boss podcast also has a Patreon page where you can pledge as low as $1 to show your support and keep the show going. There's different tiers which gives you different perks like transcripts of all the episodes. This is for those who don't have time to listen for an hour. A Facebook community to share and give business advice for photographers and videographers. Also, extra episodes just for the hardcore fans. Just go to www.patreon.com that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash weddingvideoboss or click on the link in the show notes. Thanks for your support. Now let's get back to whatever we were talking about. Mm. Well, that's that's such a good question. And and honestly, it, it, it's a hard question uh, and because it's it is uh it's so multifaceted right but i i do believe that it is extremely important uh for for anyone doing this or like say if you're uh you're a filmmaker in a town uh with lots of great filmmakers right how do you go up against the top dog right and and you're competing for that business um you know i I would say, first of all, that um, knowing who you are is is extremely important in this process. Um, when we when we first started, we uh, we didn't quite know who we were, and um, and and that's one of the reasons why we made a lot of mistakes in this 2014 to 16 range, uh, and um, and we were trying to be like other. Um, companies and we were trying to be like uh, our competitors if, if to be honest and uh, and because we didn't quite know who we were and and um, uh, through some reading and through some self-discovery we kind of realized and we kind of had an aha moment actually I remember it really well I was sitting on the front porch of my house uh, talking to uh, Micah uh, my business partner and uh, he he just, I said, I think, I think we have to start being ourselves. And, uh, and, and that is kind of, that was the one thing that really started making a difference. Uh, and when I meet, when, when I say that we, um, we immediately called our, uh, graphic designer at the time that was designing the front end website, uh, not the app. Uh, we had our other co-founder Trevor that was doing that, but the, the, our uh, uh, graphic designer and he, I said, I need, I need loud and I need funny. Uh, I want us to act like we're having fun and we're, we don't take ourselves too seriously. Um, and that might piss a lot of customers off, um, but I don't care. <laughs> and because I yeah. think it, it's more important for us to be who we are then to um, uh, and then maybe there is a, a set of customers that 
understand and get that. Um, and, and when we did that, Paul, it, that was, that was huge for us. So we came out of the gate, um, as Soundstripe and, and our, our, our freaking colors are pink. Uh, and, uh, and that was like really different from kind of, um, this, this other way of doing things that was very, uh, serious. Right. And, uh, and so, uh, we, um, and so we just kind of decided to make that move. And the other major one is that we, we decided to go against the grain on a uh, business model. And, uh, that was, you know, obviously the hardest thing to do. Um, uh, and that just took a lot of, 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 um, uh, a lot of fear was happening when we, when we launched it. Uh, but it was, uh, it was something that we had to get over to say that, Hey, this, this might flop big time, but it's more important for us to, to, to stand out and to be different, uh, and, and be good, uh, as opposed to just being a, um, uh, a, a B version of, of somebody else. Uh, and, uh, and, and really, and a lot of, uh, Seth Godin's, uh, books and quotes really helped us through that too. Right. So like we, we focused on, um, not every single customer, uh, there, that there ever could be, but just, uh, kind of niching down to a hurt, uh, and what is a, a type of customer that would like Soundstripe that, that, uh, would really resonate, uh, with the music that we would make, uh, and that would resonate with the brand, uh, and everything. And, you know, and I tell people all the time that art is so subjective, right? Like you, uh, like you, you, uh, you know, if you have a Netflix account, it's going to look probably your homepage is going to look different than mine. You might think that, House of Cards is the best show ever, and I might think it's the worst, and it doesn't make it bad. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, and and same goes for music, right? Music is so subjective. Like, you know, do you like Bob Dylan? Do you not like Bob Dylan? Like, it doesn't change the fact that Bob Dylan's still kind of an American icon. So uh, that for us, we just we just had to to be okay with people not liking us. And, uh, and a lot of people didn't like us in the beginning, um, but, you know, and, and that, and we had to just kind of come to terms with that and actually kind of embrace, uh, embrace the people that really did, uh, like us and care about us. And we just tried to care about them even more, uh, and, and in the cycle kind of like compounded and, and, and so I think that's one of the main reasons that we, that like that we took off in a way. Um, and, and it is just because we did like what you're saying is, is just tried to be uh, ourselves and not uh, like somebody else. You know, that's what makes you different is you shared the journey with your customers, with your, with the, your people, your tribe. Right. And, while you were doing that, you were putting a face to the business, which the other, I'm sorry, but the other businesses, they don't, they don't have a face for their business. So people can't really relate to, to their model, right? Mm. So, so that's why I really appreciated seeing you like 
just reaching out to people and communicating and engaging everyone because that's what that's what customers need. I always tell people, you know, your brand is supposed to be who you are. And yeah. it just has to be who you are. And that's what's going to attract the people that you want is because you're you're very authentic and you're real. And that's what we saw in, in you guys. And we really appreciated that. Thank you so much. And, and I mean, this is a great lesson for any creative, right? It was a t such a good lesson for me as a, a music producer and musician, but I mean, for filmmakers too, like there's, there's going to be people that just don't like what you do. And that is perfectly okay. And, and that's such a, a hard thing to learn. And it takes a long time because creatives are, are sensitive to that. Uh, and they want everybody to like them. Uh, but oh, yeah. <laughs> the, 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 the thing that is important is that a group of people uh, really like you or they really care about you um, and, uh, and, and they really embrace you. And, and there are, you know, uh, uh, we have good relationships with all of our competitors and they, they do some things really, really well, uh, some things better than us, uh, honestly, and then some things we do better. And so we're, we're kind of, we kind of play the role of uh, art is subjective here. And, uh, and there's room for everybody because this is art and it's a big, it's a big playing field. And, uh, and, and that's kind of what I tell creatives too. Uh, you know, especially freelancers is like, don't try to be everyone, um, uh, to everybody, uh, and, uh, you know, do what you do well, uh, to a specific group of people. And, uh, and then those people will tell your people, uh, and those, those people will tell other people and those people will tell other people. And, um, and so that has, you know, that's kind of been the, the, the greatest joy, uh, about this is seeing, uh, the tribe, uh, that Soundstripe, uh, was able to kind of, um, uh, facilitate and, and serve and see those people go out and tell other people and, uh, you know, and it's, it, it, and so that, that's been really fun to see. That's cool. You know, apart from being the owner of Soundstripe, I've always looked forward to your motivational posts, you know, and on social media. And oh, thank you. I remember one blog post, um, the cake, the cake baker post. It says, if your goal is to always bake cakes, don't do entrepreneur kind of things. Instead, make the world's best cake and be known for it. Be expensive, be exclusive. The customer is buying you. And I love that because I can totally relate to something like that. Do you? How do you feel about that blog post? Yeah, Th thank you for uh, mentioning that. That uh, actually inspired me um, from a book I read called The E-Marketer um, or no, so, sorry, the E myth revisited. Um, oh. and, uh, the E myth is, is uh, a book that, um, was, um, was written and, uh, it, it is, it is about this topic. I would highly recommend it. Uh, and, uh, it, you know, it was back in the nineties, I think it was written, but that, that that's all to say that 
um, and, and, and Seth Godin also, um, um, says this kind of thing, which, you know, I don't want to take credit for, for what he said, because he, he does it way better justice than I do, but he, um, has this, um, basically concept of, are you a freelancer or are you an entrepreneur? So you kind of go down these two roads, right? If you're a freelancer, um, then, then you are the one doing the work. Um, you are the, you are the cake baker, uh, baking the cakes. You are the filmmaker filming. You are the musician writing songs. Uh, and, and, um, and you, you get paid based on if you show up. So, you know, uh, somebody pays for Paul to come do uh, a wedding, right? So that's that's how um, free freelancers work. And and if you're an entrepreneur, uh, you get paid. Uh, the idea is to work yourself out of a job, to get paid while you sleep, to one day. Uh, and you're thinking about your company as an asset. Um, in that, uh, you know, you you build and compound where you're not having to uh, do the things that you used to do. Uh, it, it's a lot, it's set up different, differently. Um, and so I, um, I always encourage people to, to really think about which one you are and there's nothing wrong with either one. Uh, sometimes entrepreneurs, uh, get, uh, this like, um, uh, gold star for, for being an entrepreneur, but actually it's, being a freelancer is, is just as powerful. I mean, those are speakers, uh, like, uh, those are, those are filmmakers. I mean, all the, all the above. And, and of course there's some crossover there, but you know, it's important to, to, to kind of really dig into, to which one, uh, you're, you're going to be and, and then go for it. Um, you know, if, if, if you are a, uh, you know, a, f a filmmaker say like your, your goal is to not do films for a hundred dollars a piece and do 50,000 of them, you know, <laughs> like in a month, like that's kind of impossible. Right. Yeah. So you have to do uh, less films for more money. Uh, and, um, and, and so, and for an entrepreneur, we are playing the volume game, like Amazon or like, <laughs> Like, you know, like whatever. So, um, that, I hope that helps that, that is kind of, uh, how I look at, uh, the cake baker and, and I, um, the, the story in the, the, the e-myth is about a, um, uh, a baker that gets really, um, really tired because she loved baking cakes, right? She, she loved baking these cakes and then, um, so somebody told her she should start a bakery. This makes perfect sense. Uh, and then she realized that over time she wasn't baking cakes anymore. She was paying taxes and she was hiring people to make cakes and she was, uh, doing the dishes and, uh, all hiring people and firing people and doing all the business things. Uh, and then she realized that she, she, her, her once dream had turned into a nightmare. And, and that's something that's so powerful uh, to think through. Like, like, okay, is this really what I set out to do? Is this really what I want to do? 
Um, or do I want to be the one baking the cake? So it's kind of kind of how I think about it. Yeah, it's actually, it's crazy because I always tell people, you know, whenever I talk to someone, I always tell people not everyone is a business person because, you know, the, the romance of having your own business and owning your own time is kind of like a myth. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> when you when you when you actually get into the business and it's a very dirty and you know it's a very dirty aspect of being of having your own business but at the same time the rewards you know high risk high reward right Yeah I mean it's totally a myth and and romanticized um uh you know you think you have all this freedom but I'm more locked in than I've ever been uh you know my calendar is booked in you know minute increments <laughs> basically wow. uh all day um and uh and so i am more busy than i ever have and uh and it gets more it it, it gets more stressful as it goes along and uh and so that's um it, it's it's you know it's important to know that uh and know kind of what you're getting into Uh, knowing what gives you the most joy, uh, it, you know, is is really important. You, you know, I I always tell people ever since I got into the business, I I before I was like, you know, I love filming weddings and I enjoy doing this. And then once I got into the aspect of the business part, that's where I felt more alive. I mean, I'm I'm not I'm not saying I'm I don't enjoy filming weddings, but it makes me feel more alive when I get into the business part and. Now it's more of like a sport to me. That's why I built this podcast is because I want to talk to people about how they how they do their own business and what inspires them, what fuels them. And that's exactly why I asked you because you have built this this brand, this company, and at the same time you're still hungry and knowing knowing someone who reads books like the the, the at the pace that we're going We always want to do something to our business, and it's kind of like a good and a bad thing. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I I was hoping to ask you: Is there anything that people should look forward to with Soundstripe? Like, I, I know you have new features. Do you want to talk about that? Hmm, that's a that's a really good question. I mean, for the longest time, we have. We have been really try. We've tried to keep things very, very, very simple. Uh, and people sometimes don't like simple. They want complicated. Uh, uh, and and are people want um, you to say something fancy, right? But really, the 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 core of it is that we Soundstripe creates. Uh, and obtains um, the world's best stock music, and and our goal is to deliver uh, that in the most simple way uh, to our customers. And so that is kind of what we do every day. And our mission is to keep creatives creating. So if we don't think that we're creating the world's best stock music, uh, music for music licensing. Like that is the work we're constantly working on. How do we create better music? How do we 
how do we rent the London Philharmonic for a day? You know, how do we like um, get the best musician to, you know, write a record for us? Or how do we do, do those kind of things? Those are the things that, that we're really passionate about because that is the art side of our business. Right. Uh, and then, and then on the, the front of the customer, we're always thinking about how do we get the, the, the right piece of music in front of the, the right customer at the right time. And that is incredibly uh, challenging uh, sometimes. And, and we have been on this whole journey for three years to try to figure that out. And we're still, uh, literally at the beginning of, of that and, and of what's to come and what's on the roadmap of, 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 um, of the customer experience and getting, getting that right music uh, to people in the right way. Um, and, uh, and so those are the things that we work on. We obviously work on our business internally too. Like, you know, we're growing, we're, we're um, uh, all together there's um, about 45 of us on staff um, wow. and, uh, and uh, yeah, and including musicians, there's probably um, 50 or 60, probably 60 by now, but I'm not sure exactly. But the, um, that is, you know, that we're, we're constantly refining those processes um, and, and, you know, and the other thing that we're really starting to invest in is, is, this music that we have made, uh, we're now going live to streaming services such as Spotify and, and such, like in Amazon, Apple Music, uh, and you know uh, we're kind of uh, the, the the kind of the second branch to to what we do is that we are a music label and a publisher, uh, you know, and we're just trying to really be a forward thinking music company that um, focuses on uh, providing as much value to customers as possible. So that's, um, that, that's a little bit about where, what we're doing and, and kind of where we're going. Sweet. My last question is, I guess it's not a question, but if you could give, uh, sorry to catch you off guard, but if you could give advice to someone who wants to create a brand more than themselves, because, you know, being in the wedding industry, everyone's a solopreneur. Like, I'm Paul Santiago photography, and this is just what I'm going to do. But other people want to grow their businesses to be able to cater to more people. What advice can you give them to be able to grow something that's bigger than themselves? Hmm. I... um. I, without thinking hardly about it, I, I, I think the, the, the biggest thing is to get out of the way uh, and to realize that, that you are no longer the center of attention uh, and the business is no longer about you. Uh, if you want it to be bigger than you, then you have to uh, let yourself get out of the way. And, um, and, and a lot of people are just thinking about the business as the, as them doing it right they're thinking about okay like i have time to like do a social media post and then i'm doing this and i'm doing that and and it's it's important to start thinking about those things as departments and and uh start like 
the, the way I used to think about it is, is get up in an airplane and get up to 30,000 feet and look down and you'll see a house and that house is your business and take the roof off and then look at it. And then it gives you a new perspective. Instead of working in the business, you need to work on the business. And that's a, an important distinction because like think of how many um, hamburger joints there are uh, and then think of how many McDonald's there are, you know, like, like McDonald's was, was this thing and you can diss on McDonald's all you want. And, but we're, we're like thinking about literally the, the, the business itself. It started, you know, uh, in the fifties and sixties. Right. And they, kind of had this new model of thinking about like they started working on the business itself uh, and how could I uh, speed up processes and how can I do this instead of just deciding this is, I just make hamburgers. Right. And so it, it is, it's, uh, it's kind of a pie in the sky answer, but I um, it, it, like it was a big change uh, for us when we started uh, to, to start thinking about things, not in terms of what Travis can do, uh, but like, what, what is the business about? What it like, and, and, um, and, and then start putting people, um, in place to do those things better than you can do them. Uh, and, uh, and then, you know, over time, uh, your role, um, as founder, or if you're the CEO or a president is to, really get out of the way and let people that are really, really smart at those things do those things well. Uh, and you, you just lead uh, vision casting and strategy. And, uh, and, and then it, it just works so much better uh, than, than you micromanaging every single decision. Uh, and, um, and so, yeah, that's what I would recommend. If you're, if you are a creative uh, or you're a freelancer, solopreneur, and you're wanting to make the move to be, uh, you know, a, a, a startup founder or entrepreneur that's doing something bigger than yourself. Very well said. I love it because it, it's always important for us business owners to know that we're not the, the heroes. We're the guides. And our job is to serve everyone, our employees, our customers and our colleagues, right? That's right. That, that's exactly right. You know, sticking to your guns is such a scary thing to do because it makes it, it starts to make everything uncertain. And seeing you guys grow your business by doing that just makes me feel that everything will be okay. And I really, really thank you for that. So Thanks so much. Yeah, so uh, I would love the listeners to know how they could reach you and where they could reach you. Sure. So um, obviously you can go to, uh, to Soundstripe. Uh, that's the company. But uh, I also, um, two or three years ago, I started writing regularly on uh, uh, TravisTerrell.live, L-I-V-E. Uh, and uh, I, I have a, a, a mini blog there. And I also uh, write on my Facebook which is just Travis Terrell, and um, and you can find me there. And uh, and I write more on Facebook than I do on my blog, and that's mainly for for bigger posts. And also have a Medium 
uh, there. And, uh, and that's, that's really, uh, where I'm, I'm, I'm reading material and I'm coming, you know, and I'm, and I'm wanting to try it out, uh, myself. And I, that's where I'm learning things and I just write them down and, um, and hopefully they get some use, uh, from, from different people from time to time. And, uh, and, and so that, that's, that's where they can, they can dig in and find us. Okay. Well, we'll have all of those in the show notes and also the link. If, if the listeners wanted to join Soundstrap, we'll hook them up. Awesome. awesome. So stay real, stay humble. And, you know, just like what I told you, keep driving that tour bus to the promised land. That's amazing. <laughs> Thanks so much, Paul. This has been awesome and uh, love what you're doing here. And uh, uh, yes, stay real. Thanks, Travis. All the best. All right. You too. Thanks. So there you have it. All it takes is just to believe in yourself, educate yourself, and begin with the end in mind. It would be great to hear your thoughts about today's episode, so please feel free to reach out. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, and I'll see you on the next Wedding Video Boss podcast. Till then, play nice if you can't win. Be nice, especially if you're good looking. Boss man out. Especially if you're good looking. Boss man out.